Magic Club. Together, we'll discover inspirational stories of creative entrepreneurs living out their dreams, doing the work they are most passionate about, and building wealth in magical and fun ways. While building a six-figure income as a writer and coach, helping other women to launch their dream businesses, I've connected with so many incredible people and seen it proven again and again that you can thrive financially doing whatever it is you are passionate about. I'm here to share life-changing strategies for mindset, making money, and reaching more people with your work in a business and life filled with creativity, freedom, and fun. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today. I have with me Tonya Pinkins, who's an actor, filmmaker, producer, director, writer, author, educator, mother, and world traveler who's from New York. She's also the director of Red Pill, an award-winning movie about America, as it has always been. Hi, Tonya. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was good, considering we just made that up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to hear all about you and your work. Please kick this conversation off with telling us like, what's the skinny on your journey? How did you get to doing the work that you do today? Well, you said today. So to get to the work that I do today, which is being a filmmaker, um, it was being and starting a kind of as a dancer and an actress and a singer and building other people's castles and doing that for almost 50 years and rising to the point that I now get hired to be one of the props that eats like people hire me to just stand there and be strong or say one very strong sentence. And uh, that was not very interesting to me. And so I decided to take on um, being on the other side of the camera and being the boss and building my own castle. So that's what brought me to making Red Pill and the future work that I'm, I'm doing right now. And what was it like for you stepping into that, like choosing to kind of shift your role and, t- you know, take that role as an author and as a creator um, and to really like defining and and getting your message out there? Here's the funny thing. I think that it's what I was born to do, but being a woman, being a black woman, nobody told me that I could. So I had been doing what I believed was my place and doing it as well as I could from the vantage point that I have now, I realized that I've always been thinking that way. And every time I've been in rooms with people, I've always seen the whole picture, seen all the parts and spoken from that space, which probably made people crazy because, you know, when people hire actresses, they just want them to be little paper dolls that move from here to there. And my mind has never worked that way. And so are you saying it was like, it was easy for you in many ways because it felt like you were stepping into who you really are or like what kind of, um, yeah, it was so easy. It was like, it was like someone turned on my gas and I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the level that I'm supposed to work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, people were like, did you ever sleep? Cause I was so on fire and I was so excited and it was hard as hell. And I failed again and again and again and again. And people would throw obstacles at me, but I was 
so in my element. It was like, oh, a failure, and also let's jump over that. Oh, because we're not giving up on this. It feels too good. We whatever we got to do to keep this feeling, we're gonna do it. Amazing. So tell me about like how the film was birthed. Like what was the inspiration for the story and um, what was, you know, the message on your heart that you were most excited to share with this, with this film? Um, it happened very fast. Um, I guess as destiny does. Um, I decided that the story came to me in like July of 2019 and I was shooting in October of 2019. So that was the whole time from thinking it, writing it, pre-production. We started shooting uh, uh, August, September, October. Yeah, three months. Three months of pre-production. And then there was a long break to, uh, it actually won't be formally released until either fourth quarter of this year or first quarter of next year. But um, I think that most of the world and that's why I'm a world traveler, is aware of the hypocrisy that is America. Um, America has things that no other place in the world has. And one of the things that America is better at than anybody else is selling their values, even if they're not lived values. And living in this sort of gaslighty world where you're like, but you said that, but that's what's happening. And it has always been a, a struggle for me and um, when 2016 happened, I was really clear how that election was going to go. And people just treated me with contempt. Like, how could I ever even think what I thought? And I, so when I, you know, had that same sort of sense about how 2020 was going to go, I was like, there's just no point in, in uh, sharing that with people. And so I decided I'd make a story about it that people would think was really far-fetched until it became reality. And then they asked me, did you write this after the 2020 election? I'm like, no, two years before. So um, I think, you know, three months after into release or four months into release, I realized that the film itself is a red pill, that if you can actually see the film for what it is, you have taken a red pill and, and opened your eyes to some truths about America. So what are like, what is, what are your hopes for the conversations that you really want to spark and for people to engage with um, as a result of your film? You know, I've been having them. I don't even have to hope. I, I've had the most amazing conversations with people, people telling me what they see in the film, what they get out of the film. Um, I think one of the interesting things was a woman um, who's a, a major academic at a major university and her saying, I never, you know, realized how scary and uncomfortable it can be for black people to move, to move into communities that are all white, not like physically move, but to even just travel in them, that the fear that is in them for that. So that, that, that level of empathy uh, could be translated through the story was really uh, powerful for me. Um, people see different things in the story. And so I'm always interested in that. And cause I think that people's, what people see tells you about them more than it tells you about the thing. And so um yeah, different people get different things and things that, you know, one person doesn't like is the thing that is so important to somebody else. I think the biggest question I get asked is, how did all those people get together? And for me, it's like, well, this just is what my world looks like. 
<laughs> why doesn't your world look like that? Because there's no uh, no event happened for this multicultural uh, middle-aged people to get together. This is what my community looks like. So um, I find people watch it a couple of times and it sits with them and different aspects. So that was something I really wanted. I wanted it to be something that would be a, a lasting sort of keep you full and keep the mind going. Amazing. And um, what would you say for anybody who's watching who like really wants to step out into sharing their story or, you know, in filmmaking or writing um, and taking that leap? Please do it. It's hard. It's really hard to trust that what you have to say is of value that anybody else wants to hear it. But the more specific you are to what you see and feel, there is somebody out there who it's going to resonate with. And if you don't tell that story, there's ways in which it won't be known and the world will lose that. And so um, someone said to me, always consider that you, you, you were born needed. So we need, we need your story. We need to hear your very specific story that, that a whole bunch of people are like, I don't like it. I don't get it. Cause there's a whole bunch of other people who are like, oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. Somebody else feels that too. Amazing. And how would you say that in going through the process of making the film and putting it out there, that process has changed you and your, your perspective of yourself and, and what's, what it opens up for you in the future as a result of that? Well, it made me feel like I want to keep being the boss. I want to keep being the initiator of story um, rather than just the interpreter of story. It doesn't mean I won't interpret story anymore, but there's this great power in being able to build worlds that you know, white guys have had for a long time. They've been building all the worlds. And I'm like, oh no, we, we other people have to build some worlds. So, um, because you not only get to share what you see, you can also build worlds that are aspirational and, and show the world you want to see. So, you know, my next project is, you know, I, what I'm wrestling with is it, it's about a horror in our society, but I'm giving it a fairy tale kind of, ending that probably won't happen for a lot of people, but maybe just by putting it into the world, it'll plant a seed and it'll happen for more people. I love that. That sounds so exciting. And like, what is, what would you say is the message on your heart for all the people out there who, you know, like need your work and are excited to, to see it and, um, and to engage with it? Like what, what is it that you feel is kind of the, the main message on your heart that you share through your work? Wherever you are is perfect. If you're depressed today, if you can breathe into the sensation of whatever you have, whatever pain, whatever joy, if you can breathe into it, feel it deeply, bless it, thank it, know that it is there as a gift to you, you can transform your entire life because everything is just sensation. And there's some sensations that we call good sensations and some that we call bad sensation. But, you know, this capitalist society makes everybody want more things. And 
as you increase your capacity to have big sensations, no matter what you want to call them, it's like you become a ninja. I always would tell my kids when they went to be ninjas, like not that ninjas don't hurt when they get hit. It's that they don't let the hurt stop them from doing what they have to do. And so if you can move into whatever that sensation is, deep, deep sorrow, pain, depression, I feel it at least once a week. And I go, okay, well, let's, let's see what this is trying to tell me. And even when you can't, even when there's a day where I don't want to feel it, I hate it, and I just don't want to be on the earth, know that that's a gift too. And you may be telling a story out of that that someone needs to hear. If you can trust that you are always exactly where you're supposed to be, that would be my, my message. I love it. It's so powerful. And I can't remember where I heard this, but I read somewhere this idea that really resonated with me similar to what you're saying is that whatever it is that's showing up as like an apparent problem, like you're bigger than that. And to just kind of see yourself as bigger than it and to, to be able to, no matter how high the sensation is to know that you are beyond that, you are bigger than that. And you can experience that and hold that and move through that and continue to move forward to whatever it is that you desire. And whatever yes. 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 And also what I'm hearing in that is just like releasing judgment, releasing self-judgment. And I think so many of what we experience are judgments that have been put on us from, from the outside that we've taken on and that it's okay to feel what we feel. And yes, sometimes it's really freaking hard to feel how we feel, but there's, yeah, there's so much value in that and not judging. That we get to be alive means we get to feel. (laughs) And as, as artists, we want to feel everything. We want the whole spectrum of it. So like when you go like, I don't want to feel this. Of course, it doesn't feel good to hurt. But sometimes that, that's where your biggest story from. Like the worst thing that ever happened to me, I think is going to be the greatest story that I have to tell. Um, there's this form of therapy that comes out of Canada called Indigenous Focusing Oriented Therapy. And the whole premise behind it is that if you've been through a trauma, you are not broken. You have indigenous wisdom to teach. You have survived something and you can teach other people how to do that. And I love that. It's so powerful. And that like, that's turning whatever is perceived as a weakness or a brokenness into your superpower. Yes. Because we're all humans. We all feel, we all hurt. Everybody experiences this. Even if you have everything you want, you have days where you hurt. And and when you were talking about judgment, like judgment is thought. And I sometimes, it sometimes crosses my mind. Did I think that? Or am I being thought? Like, are the thoughts thinking me? Because you can't actually find the moment when you decide to think something. <laughs> so maybe the thoughts aren't even yours at all. Yeah. I think something like 90% of our thoughts are repeated from the day before. Mm. And the majority of those are from our parents. So they're inherited. They're like ancestrally heritage, inherited, like, the, you know, the number of generations that that has gone back. Yes. Yes. Well, you made me just think about the fact they say that when a, when a baby is born, it has all the eggs that it will ever, 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 ever have. It's like, yeah, we're, we're carrying, we're carrying our grandchildren. <laughs> and... Another crazy um, fact I learned about the eggs is, oh yeah, the egg, the egg that created you was already in your mother when she was in the womb of your grandmother. Yes. Yes. 
Thank you so much for coming and sharing your your nuggets of wisdom with us today. What's like, where can people find out about your work? Where can people follow you? Where, where can they watch your film? Um, you can follow me at Tanya Pinkins uh, on all social media. And I have a website, www.tanyapinkins.com. But all my energy has been going into Red Pill. So even Red Pill isn't on Tanya Pinkins, but www.redpillmovie2020.com. Um, the film is at festivals all over the world. I just got reached out to from a festival in Montreal. So maybe they will program it there. And um, yeah, it, it'll be in festivals through the rest of the year and hopefully uh, in a wider release next year. And that's what I'm really passionate about. I also do wellness Wednesdays with Karen Hunter on Sirius. And I have a podcast. You can't say that on the Broadway podcast network. There are about 135 episodes. And then January of 2022, I'll be playing Emmett Till's grandmother in a new ABC six part anthology series called women of the movement, which is the story of Mamie Till and Emmett Till. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Everybody go check out Tonya, support Red Pill, go and see the film and tell everyone about it. And please share this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. Bye, everyone. For more inspirational content, head over to my website with and please support the show by liking, commenting and subscribing.